Hi, I'm Mariah. And I'm Emma. And you're listening to the Renewed Podcast. A podcast about broken people living in a broken world, renewed and made whole by the power of Jesus. Hey guys, welcome back to Renewed. Today we wanted to answer y'all's question about what our favorite Bible verse is. So Mariah, you're going to go ahead and go first. Yeah. Okay, so I'm really, really excited um, for this episode um, because, well, I mean, we get to talk about our favorites. (laughs) But, um, okay, so my favorite book of the Bible is Joshua. Um, I think Joshua is just really cool for a lot of reasons. Joshua... This is the first, was the first Old Testament book that I read all the way through and reading the book of Joshua is really like where I just like fell in love with the Old Testament. Um, and like, honestly, like the New Testament's cool cause like Jesus is cool, but <laughs> <laughs> I love the Old Testament so much. And, um, yeah, so in the book of Joshua, my favorite um, like passage and it's not like a verse but my favorite passage is Joshua 3 um, and I just kind of want to break down the passage a little bit um, and just kind of like point out some things that just really stick out to me so one of the first things that I think is really significant about um, the kind of the whole like journey is like so little background is um Joshua is leading the Israelites um through the Jordan and that's what Joshua 3 is about is crossing the Jordan River so whenever God instructed the people of Israel to move and journey towards crossing the Jordan he called for the Ark of the Covenant to go before them and the Ark of the Covenant is representative of the presence of God going before them and I think that that's really significant because it's like the presence of God is like what goes first yeah um and like that's just such an important like it's not only important like in this story in the situation but like it's such an important like life yep thing mm-hmm. that we should like always carry with us yeah. um the presence of God always has to go first mm-hmm. um okay so starting in chapter three verse five it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. So the word consecrate, it means it's the process of making or becoming holy. It's set apart, sanctification, holiness, consecration. So whenever Joshua said, consecrate yourself, he meant set yourself apart to be wholly usable by God. Have no unconfessed sin. Be a clean vessel for him to use. Compose your heart and mind to hear from God and obey his commands. So, like, I think that, like, just this whole idea of consecrating ourselves to God, setting ourselves apart is just really significant because as we consecrate ourselves and make ourselves available for him to use us, we'll be able to watch not only him do amazing things, but we'll be able to, like, see, like, the fruit of that intentional, like, setting apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, kind of just as I reflect on this and reflect on the whole idea of, like, being consecrated to the Lord, um, 
I think I mentioned this in my last episode, but I'm a very, like, reflective question asker. <laughs> um, and, well, I make up a lot of words at 2 a.m. <laughs> um, but, so, questions that I, like, just kind of jotted down as I was, like, journaling through this passage um, was, are you consecrated? Are you set apart for him? Are you preparing your heart and your mind to hear what he has to say in his word? And are you obeying that? Um, so yeah, do you want to say anything? About I was that? just going to ask you, what do you think practically, what does setting ourselves apart look like? Yeah. So I think that in everything, you know, one thing that I think is so important about like the Christian walk is this whole idea of like, everything is done to the glory of God. Right. So like Paul says, whether it be eating or drinking, do all to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, you know, consecrating is, like, back to the definition that I, like, said earlier, like, the process of making or becoming holy, set apart, sanctification, holiness. So, like, this process or this, like, act of, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledging every area of life and saying, like, okay this is, like, what I'm doing, and this is how it can bring glory to God. So, like, you know, let's say um, in friendship, right? So, like, setting myself apart for God would be, like, evaluating my friendship and saying, like, okay, this friendship is bearing good fruit, and this is a friendship that is glorifying God, but, Mm -hmm. like, this friendship is not bearing fruit. And, you know, if I was living in the world, I would say, well, it doesn't really matter, but if I'm living for God and I'm not living, I'm living in the world, of the world, then, you know, consecrating myself would be saying, like, my flesh really doesn't want to let go of this friendship, but I know I need to because it's not bringing glory to God, so I'm gonna, you know, set myself apart from others, and I'm Mm -hmm. gonna, you know, do all things to the glory of God, and I'm gonna obey his commands, and, you know, walk and pursue holiness and righteousness. Yeah, and just, like, at the end of the day, if kind of just asking ourselves like is this bringing me closer or further away from god yeah because setting ourselves apart is like you said it's going to be countercultural. Mm-hmm. so if our flesh wants to do one thing we know that our spirit wants to do another and so it's choosing to follow what's bringing us closer to god rather than what's bringing us further away from him so yeah yeah for sure um yeah so moving like through this passage the next verse that just really sticks out to me is verse 13 which says when the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the lord the lord of the whole earth come to rest in the jordan's water its water will be cut off the water flowing downstream will stand up in a mass so basically what this is saying is like whenever the priest set foot in the water mm-hmm the 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 whole like the whole thing that just blows my mind about the crossing the Jordan story is the whole like crossing on dry land thing, but the other thing is they had to step foot in the water before they were able to cross on dry land, yeah. and like that's really just like the big thing from the story that like just really like totally blows my mind because it's like the power of God is so evident because obviously I mean like you know they cross on dry land, but also just the whole like faith and trust and like relying on God to like not only be good and be Mm -hmm. faithful but to 
follow through I think is really neat because it's like God works in and through impossible situations and that's such a true truth like there's nothing nothing truer but like we know that but we still have to have faith and it's like they had to step in the water Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like look at it and it's like oh it's dry let's go like they had to step in the water and have faith that like I'm gonna set foot in this water and I'm gonna cross on dry land. Yeah, and we talked about that in our, uh, I think it was our last episode about walking in obedience because we were talking about like you don't have to be afraid of saying yes to God. Yeah. Because when you know the character of God and you know His faithfulness, you know that anything after the yes is good. Mm-hmm. Like if you're saying yes to God, all that comes after that is gonna be good and it's gonna be for His glory. So I love how that relates to this passage because. They didn't, like, yes, they probably were, you know, afraid, but they didn't have to worry about what came after their yes. They just had to, like, literally take the step of faith into the water. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so verse, yeah, verse 15 says, Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season, but as soon as the priest carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam a city next to um hard city that <laughs> I yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the water that was flowing downstream into the Dead Sea was completely cut off and the people crossed opposite Jericho the priest carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. So, like, if we go through, like, those four verses, so it says, now the Jordan is at a f- flood state stage all during harvest. So the Jordan is at one of the highest points that it's mm-hmm. at. Um and then, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. So the priests, like I said briefly earlier, mm-hmm. had to step out in faith and touch the water before it dried up. The water from upstream stopped flowing, right? So, you know, they touched the water. The water stopped flowing. It splits. Can they, you imagine? Like, yeah. the I, my mind would just be like, what? Be like, okay, God, go off. <laughs> um, the, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. So they stood on completely dry ground. not. And the other thing is it wasn't muddy ground. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like maybe they weren't walk, walking through a river, but they were walking through mud. No, they were walking on completely dry ground. Yeah. While all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely... Had completed the crossing on dry ground. You know, another thing that I think is really, like, neat about this, and this is a thought that I just had, was, like, I think that this is just so, like, this so clearly shows, like, how God truly cares about the individual. Because I it was, was like, just about to wow, say that. like, it, it's not just, like, oh, like, we got some people through, and then, like, you know, like, well, the entire nation. Yeah. And I just, like, I wonder, like, I'm, like, I don't, I don't, I'm sure, like, you could, like, do, like, in-depth research into this and, like, how many people was that? Like, how long did uh-huh. that take? Like, what, what type of, like, do we have, like, old people, young people? Like, uh-huh. you know, I imagine it was a decent-sized group and probably a pretty like wide children. variety yeah. of people. 
so it's like I just am like how long did this take you know mm-hmm. and also like I just have this thought that it's like probably kind of random but like you know it's like if it took a long time or like if people were like like because I don't I really don't envision like people running through or yeah. anything with like any sense of urgency uh-huh. so it's like God like waits and like you know is like pass through and yeah. like I'm gonna cover you and like yeah yeah I just think that's really neat and it's really cool that it all started with a priest like it all mm-hmm. started with the one person acting because it said at the end there like once he got there the like the rest of the nation followed like how yeah. cool is it that God used the one person like he'll he chose the one leader to be like, all right, here we go. And then yeah. everyone else, like, yes, they had to have faith for themselves, mm-hmm. but they were also able to use the priest's faith as an example of, like, okay, like, let's do this. Yeah. God's faithfulness is here. Yeah, for sure. So, like, out of that, I get, like, the Lord calls us into uncomfortable situations and situations that we may not be too sure of, but his plan will ultimately prevail if we step out in faith and trust in him. I wrote, sometimes we just got to get our feet wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes you just got to, you know, step in, in the, put, you know, dip your fo- toes in the water, <laughs> and then it'll dry up. Yep, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, my little gospel tie-in, and this is, like, the last thing I have to say about Joshua, is Jesus came to fulfill the role of the Ark of the Covenant as Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. And as we keep our eyes on and follow behind Jesus, the river of impossibility will dry up. Yeah. So that's, that's like so good. Yeah, just like I love I love Joshua. I love Joshua 3. I love the whole like idea, well not idea cuz it's not just an idea, like it's a fact mm-hmm. that God is a God not only of the like what seems possible but what seems impossible mm-hmm. and like but he's also a God that requires action and requires yeah. like us it requires a response yeah um and like if we are just willing to say yes if we're just willing to step out in faith like the river of impossibility will dry up and I know that like sounds kind of cheesy but like I think that's just such a powerful truth to cling to yeah, that's so good. because it's yeah. like in every season it doesn't matter like the circumstance or how impossible it might seem like god truly will carry you through that if yeah. one you prioritize presence because right the ark went before them so you prioritize the presence of god you put the presence first and you just have faith and obey in his commands And, like, he's faithful to always come through and faithful to, you know, fulfill his promises to his people. And, like, he's not going to leave you walking in the mud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's why I love Joshua. (laughs) What is your favorite? My favorite. Yeah, I love that we said favorite Bible verse. And then now it's, like, a whole passage. Um, you can't choose just one, though, because there's just so much to unpack. So my favorite little passage in scripture, at least up until this point in my life, is Psalm 23. And this is a very... Did you have the little, like, doll when you were... Or not doll, but, like, the little, like, um... Maybe it was a doll that would, like, say Psalm 23? Mm Mm-mm. 
No, I don't... I honestly... I was trying to remember the first time that I heard this verse, because we all kind of hear, if you're not familiar with it, this is like the Lord is my shepherd passage, and a lot of people use like the sheep analogy, and it's literally called like the good shepherd, um, and so David's writing about, you know, all these like analogies and stuff, so it's a very well-known passage of scripture. Mm -hmm. I was trying to remember when I like first heard it, and I really don't know, but I think that's kind of cool, because it's kind of just like always been in my yeah, heart. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do remember a pastor, I literally have no idea, like, if this was at a conference, if this was at a friend's church, if this was at my church, I don't remember who the pastor was, like, I don't even remember, but I just remember them saying, like, every single morning I wake up and I just declare Psalm 23 over my day. Mm -hmm. And I heard that, I think it was, like, middle school, maybe beginning of high school, I was like, that's a good idea, I'm gonna do that too. And so... Almost every single day since then, I've just, this is what I say, almost first thing in the morning. So I have, like, my groggy voice, and I'm like, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that. But it really does, like, start my day on the right foot, and I just love it. And there's so much to unpack, so yeah. I'm just going to read it straight down first, and then I'll kind of go through, like, verse by verse. But this is Psalm 23. I'm reading out of the CSB version. I love CSB. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my life. Renew. <laughs> he leads me along the right path for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. And then when I say that in the morning, I go straight into Psalm, I think it's 113, 143. And it's like, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on solid ground. And I think there's so many, like, parallels between both of those. I'll stick to Psalm 23 for now, because I don't want to make this a super long episode. But both of those passages just are so, so good. And I encourage y'all to just really dive into them, because I truly believe that the Lord will just, like, reveal something different every single time you read it. Because I'm still learning more about this. And like I said, I've been reading it, like, every day of my life <laughs> since middle school. And I still am seeing new stuff every day. So... The Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. That's verse 1. And some different, like, uh, translations of this will say, I shall not want. Um, and I have all that I need. And I just think that's, like, God 101. <laughs> like, you have everything you need. You're all set. So I yeah. love that part. And then it says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. I think this is kind of a posture of just peace. Mm -hmm. Like when I read this, I immediately feel the spirit of peace come over me. Um, and I love that like we go through hard things and yet in the midst of that, we're lying beside still waters and green pastures. And kind of like how when we were talking about the gospel, like when we just remind ourselves of the gospel message, it it's kind of like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's what this reminds me of too, because it's like when I remind myself that 
he lets me lie down in green pastures and he's leading me beside quiet waters Mm -hmm. like it it just it's so peaceful and like literally think of that imagery like how beautiful is that um and then it says he renews my life we could talk about renew forever Mm. um he leads me along the right paths god knows what path we're supposed to be on and he leads us down that yeah and then this is like one of my favorite parts it says for his name's sake so it's almost like you know some people might think of this as like oh yeah like he's doing it but really it's just for his glory mm-hmm. but no it's like he he's already leading me on the right path and while I'm on the right path it's giving him glory like he takes care of both and it's just giving yeah. him glory and I love that and then next little section here even when I go through the darkest valley I fear no evil for you are with me I have used that like so often throughout my day when I'm going through something hard I really hung on to this verse during COVID and all the lockdown Mm -hmm. because it did feel like a dark (laughs) dark valley at some points and I just like I remember hearing a song I don't remember what it was but um, I fear no evil. Oh, yeah, it was like the hill song. I fear no evil, for I know that you are God. And I just, like, hung on to that a lot during quarantine because it's just such a simple, like, I fear no evil, I fear no evil, I fear no evil. Like, just repeating that yeah. over myself was so powerful. And just reminding myself that there's no reason to fear evil because God has already conquered it all. Yeah. Um, because it says, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I think this is a very, like, I'll kind of go deeper into this later, but this is a very, like, gentle passage, but at the same time, very, like, affirming and, like, gives us strength. And I love that it's just, like, all of that tied in one. But that specific line, your rod and your staff, obviously that's referring to, like, the shepherd, they comfort me. I think this is so interesting. I actually, like, just thought of this because God is our comforter, but he uses a rod and staff, which is kind of like, how does a rod and staff comfort you? You know, you think of, like, a blanket to comfort you. But I think it's cool that a rod and staff, you know, the shepherd would use it to direct the sheep and Mm -hmm. to bring him back home. And ultimately, like, that's what is comforting us is when he directs us back when he leads us on the right path for his name's sake. Yeah. Um, I just love that. Before I go on, do you have any, like, thoughts as of right now? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm just running through this. Um, that's just so cool, though. Your rod and staff, like, something that's, like, a hard object, it's comforting me. Yeah. Um, and then this part is so, 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 so powerful. And I just heard a pastor unpack this last week and it literally like changed my entire life. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So I heard Preston Morrison preach about this and I had never really thought about it this way, but he kind of defined like what is anointing. And the word anoint means to smear or rub all over. And so every time God is anointing you, he's rubbing it in the face of your enemies. Like he is almost, back to what you were saying about like consecration, it's it's setting you apart from your enemies. And I love the way he worded this. He said, the table annoys our enemies, but the anointing destroys our enemies. Oh, that's powerful. That's just, I think that's so powerful. Because, and I mean, I love, again, that Psalm 23 is such a, like, 
um, imagery, like, there's so much imagery in the passage, and you can, like, visualize all of it, like, I can literally just see a picture of this table, and it's just me and Jesus sitting there, and then all of my enemies, and I don't even think of, like, worldly enemies, I think of, like, Satan literally sitting there, like, what? I don't get to be at the table, and Jesus is like, sorry, you're not invited, Uh uh-uh. I'm preparing the table in front of you, and now I'm going to anoint her head with oil, and I'm rubbing it in your face, like, haha, devil, you don't get anything. I just yeah. think that's so powerful. Like, the table annoys him. He's like, what? I'm not invited? And then the anointing destroys him. Like, no, you are not. This anointing oil is for my daughter, for my son, not for you. And I just, I think that's so cool. Uh, and it's just, like, the whole, like, we're co-heirs with Christ, and we have that inheritance through salvation that's a whole other thing like because of that we get all of you know the good stuff from Mm -hmm. god i just love that and then it says my cup overflows so not only does he anoint our head with oil but it overflows so that we're able to like spew it onto others and just like we the more and more that the holy spirit anoints us the more it's used to glorify God's kingdom. Again, bringing it back to the, for your name's sake. I just love that, like, it all goes back to God. Like, he blesses us, and then it's back to his glory. He yeah. blesses us, and it's back to his glory. And it's just this beautiful cycle that keeps going. And then, just to kind of close it out, again, it's just such a, like, peaceful passage. It says, only goodness and faithful love. I've seen other versions say faithful mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. And another version says, will follow me all the days of my life. I kind of like the word pursue. Like, goodness and faithful love will pursue me. Like, will literally come after me. Yeah. All the days of my life because of everything we've talked about before. And I will dwell, which just means, like, to live in, the house of the Lord as long as I live. How comforting is that? Like, we literally get to dwell in his presence the rest of our life and all of eternity. So, anyway, there's a lot to unpack in Psalm 23, and I haven't even looked into the whole context of, like, what was David going through at this time? And I want to look more into, like, the role of the shepherd and Mm -hmm. sheep and tie that in more. But just to keep it short and simple for now, I just love this passage. I love that... It's, like I said, such a comforting passage, yet it's also, like, it just gives us such strength. And then especially, like, the table and anointing, that's, like, a boom, like, punch in the devil's face, and I just love that. So, I've been starting my morning with that for a long time, and it just, it really has helped me get through a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's really powerful. I love the last, the last verse in that chapter I just think that that's just such a sweet sweet thing like Mm -hmm. dwelling in the presence of God yeah you know like I think that a lot of times like we can like little side tangent can like overlook like the power of the presence of God and like truly like welcoming the presence of God like we can get so like hyper focused on like Mm -hmm. you know just reading scripture from like an intellectual standpoint or like you know like having conversations about God or like I feel like sometimes we can like we can do all the Christian things but like walk around the presence of God without entering the presence of God that's so true um but there's this like power and this just like 
strength and like protection and comfort that comes with like truly dwelling yeah in the house of the lord yeah i was talking to you about this today that um mariah sent me a worship song last night and was like girl you have to listen to this right now and i did like as i was getting ready for bed i listened to it and i was like you know in the bathroom getting ready and i just like stopped what i was doing and dropped to my knees and just started worshiping and i I don't know if I had, like, literally ever done this before, but I literally, like, laid flat on the ground and was just, like, in awe of God. Like, just total and complete, like, I wasn't asking for anything. I wasn't, it wasn't even, like, we serve such a powerful God. It was just, like, holy, 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 God Almighty. Like, you are so good and you're like just this unspeakable like literally Mm -hmm. I'm at a loss for words like unspeakable presence of God and I I was like Lord how long has it been since I've truly just like dwelled in your presence and just like lived right here in your presence yeah and then another thing I talked to you about today was that I realized that I don't always need to like process through things you know like our culture is always yeah us, you know, like you gotta journal and you gotta talk to your therapist about this and like yes those things are good and they can be really helpful tools but sometimes we get it in our head that like we have or I do at least that I have to like process every little thing before I can move on and I realized that I really just needed a reset more than I needed to process mm-hmm. and I think that by like worshiping last night I was able to see that like, it, all the things that I was like, oh, I didn't have time to process that yet, just, like, seemed completely irrelevant all of a sudden. Yeah. I was like, I'm in the presence of the Lord. I feel like it was such a reset. Like, I literally hit the reset button. That's another thing I love about our God is that yeah. he's like, it's okay. Start over every day. Start over every minute. Start over. Mm-hmm. So His mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. It was just so powerful to, like, I cannot stress that enough to just dwell in his presence and just enjoy, like, yeah. to forget about reading four chapters a day and doing all the things to just for the purpose of checking it off a list, but to literally just dwell in his presence Mm -hmm. is so powerful. Yeah. Can I put you on the spot? Sure. Okay, so you both said Old Testament. Yes. Can just, I'll talk about New Testament. Doing favorite verse. Ooh, I think Matthew... For, I don't know the exact verse, but the one that says don't worry about tomorrow for today has enough troubles of its own. Yeah. That got me through, um, oh, I'm not gonna cry. It got me through a really, really dark season in my life. Um, and it's one of those things that, like, sounds so simple, and you're like, sure, like, just worry about it tomorrow. And I think for some people, that can literally be easy for them. Like, to some people, that does come naturally. They're like, just worry about it tomorrow, worry about it later. But, or worry about it, like, when it comes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for me, that, like, was, it never came easy. And so I, when I was, like, really, really, really anxious my freshman year of high school, I just clung to that verse. And it, it really helped me realize that, like, he gives us enough for each day for yeah. a reason. 
And also the amount of, like, scriptures or, like, um, what is it called? Like, topicalization or whatever. Like, topics in the Bible that are mentioned, yeah. like, 360 times, 365 times, it, like, blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, pretty much, like, all of the New Testament stuff about not fearing and not being anxious <laughs> yeah. are my favorite. Yeah. No, that's really powerful. That's something that I've had to, like, cling to in this, like, season of, like, transition is, like, like, there's nothing wrong with planning and there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, getting ready because, like, you know, not planning and not getting ready is, like, foolish. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, like, it can be very easy to, like, become, like, like, I noticed, I think I told, I don't know if I told you this, but, like, I was writing something in my planner this was last week, so I was writing something in my planner for this week, and I flipped the page one more page, and I saw that, like, oh, gosh, I'm literally moving out of the state. Yeah. And I had to just, like, flip the page. It was like, nope, I will worry about that later. Right now, I am going to be content where I am and trust in the goodness of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. A quick little, like, practical thing for the, like, not worrying about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I heard, I believe it was Jimmy Evans that talked about this. He said, like, make a list of everything that you're worried about and and at the top, like, write, like, worry list. And then cross out the word worry and write prayer. And that's your prayer list. So you're going to pray about every single thing that you're worried about. Oh, I love that. And it just really, like, because... In my brain, I'm like, okay, God, I can't just, like, not think about tomorrow. Like, I'm gonna think about what's going on tomorrow. Especially, you know, there's a big event or I'm really nervous for something or whatever. And God's like, it's okay. Like, write it down. Pray about it. We'll take care of it tomorrow, you know. So, and his mercies are new every morning. So, don't try to ask for it tonight. I'm gonna give it to you in the morning, girl. Yeah. For real. Um, yeah. Okay. What about you? New Testament... I I was, like, flipping through, like, trying to, like, think. I was, like, almost gonna say 1 Corinthians 12, 8. It's where it, like, lists all the spiritual gifts. Oh, yeah. Which, like, I just love, like, just reading that and just proclaiming it and being, like... We can do that in a second. Okay. (laughs) Um, This, okay, technically it's, like, three verses. But, like, they kind of, like, have to go together. Yeah. Okay, so Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. So... I would say Romans 3.23, but all of sin and false sort of the glory of God. That just sounds depressing with no context. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I love it because it's like, like, that's Romans 3.23-3.25, and it's just like, literally the heart of the gospel, and just like, yeah, straight up, like, this is like, yeah, we're sinners, we fall short, but God. Yep. And, That's... like, end of story. Yeah. So, yeah, Romans, Romans 3, 23-25. I think it probably changes often, but... Yeah, no. Second favorite New Testament... Um, 
<laughs> second favorite. Yeah, second it's favorite. Be an hour long can it like y'all. can it like be like matched with like my first favorite? Yeah. It's first <laughs> it's it's at the same level. First okay. Corinthians twelve. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. First Corinthians twelve or no. Hold up. With the spiritual eight through ten. First okay. Corinthians twelve, eight through ten. You wanna read it together? Like at the same time? Yeah. Sure. We're both reading out we're, of CSB. I was gonna say we're both CSB. Okay. Alright, ready? Yes. <laughs> To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. What I love about it, and I just now noticed this while we were reading that, is that it's, like, the same spirit. Because I think, like, a lot of people, like, kind of, like, think about spiritual gifts, and they're like, that's just weird. Like, yeah. weird spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's all the Holy Spirit. It's all the same Holy Spirit that lived in that, that or it's the same Holy Spirit that was present, like, then that's present mm-hmm. now that's present tomorrow the same holy spirit that fell in acts chapter two like yep. it's all the same spirit and yeah. i think that that's just like so important to like remember like it's not it's not weird it's yeah. it's all the holy spirit yeah and i think a couple of verses before that is really powerful too and it brings a lot of um like interdenominational is that the word like um unity because it says there's different ministries, but the same Lord. And there's yeah. different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. Yeah. So all believers serve the same God. Like, isn't that awesome? That, like, we're humans. We've messed it up. We've created, like, 23 million versions of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but we serve the same God, and it's the same Holy Spirit living and acting and breathing yeah. in every single one of us. Yeah. Yeah, but I love, I love, like, just scripture in general, like, on spiritual gifts, because, like, mm-hmm. spiritual gifts are just, like, are one of those things to me, like, in my walk, that's, like, something that never really, like, was a big deal until, like, the past year, and, like, it just shows that like God like the way that I see it is like God truly cares about like our innermost being and like he like like there's just this depth of relationship that Mm -hmm. I think is so evident when it comes to like spiritual gifts and like it's like it's not just the surface level faith it's like this faith that goes that goes deepest this faith that produces healings that Mm -hmm. you know that edifies the body of Christ, that builds each other up, that, um, you know, is able to convey a message, you know, effectively that carries authority, that has knowledge, that, you know, and it's like all of these 
spiritual gifts, all these things that like just deepen our relationship with God and deepen our just awe of God. Yeah. And I mean, just think about like, if when Jesus was on the earth, he performed all these miracles. Yeah. And then, you know, he ascended back to heaven and was like, guess what? You can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is it, Matthew? That's another favorite. It's 10-8 or 8-10. I can <laughs> never remember. Um, but it's like, that. it goes back to it's the same spirit. Yeah. It's, it's the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's all the same, like, person, I guess. It's yeah. always weird explaining the Trinity, but you know what I mean. Um, but, like, who are we to think that we can't do something mm-hmm. that God has literally told us we can do, sent his son to told us tell us we can do and then give us his holy spirit to let yeah. us do it. Yeah. Now Pastor Russell Johnson preached at um Mercy Culture like about I think it was about a month ago now and he said so often we minimize our god-given authority to a simplistic spiritual gifts assessment Mm -hmm. that we forget the authority that we've been given through the holy spirit or like something along those lines but i was like he said that and i was like oh snap (laughs) that's a word that'll preach (laughs) that'll preach yep yeah like there's just so much like depth to this like walk that is just like like, once you really start digging into, like, the things of God and what does it look like to walk with the Lord? What does it look like to carry the Spirit? Like, how do we walk this out? How do we, how do I steward my gifts well? And, like, I mean, there's so many little things we can look into. And, like, I just think that each one of those things is just so neat and so important. And, like, whenever we overlook certain things or, like, we're like, oh, well, that doesn't really matter. But, like, this does matter. Then, like, we just, like miss out on like the wholeness of like what it means to walk with Christ and like I just love like spiritual gifts and I love the emphasis that Paul places on them especially like in in first Corinthians and like I just you know it's something that like is really important to me and like I think just is really powerful when we like really like look at what it means to carry the spirit mm-hmm. yeah scripture is just so cool in the way that i mean we've talked about this before that it all ties together yeah and we talked about this when we were talking about the gospel because it's woven all throughout scripture mm-hmm. and i love that there's like the is it called an epilogue like at the end of a movie or book when it's like the extra good stuff I think so. um it's I feel like the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the epilogue to like the gospel story like they're a part of the gospel story yeah. obviously but we kind of think of it as like Jesus died for our sins on the cross and now we're saved yay and like yes that's true and then but also there's this thing called Pentecost and it's really cool yeah <laughs> and it's when the Holy Spirit, like, fell on us and we get to have the power that Jesus had yeah. um, given to us by God. And that's, like I was saying when we were talking about the gospel, like, the Bible is not only a guidebook, but it's also a love letter. Mm-hmm. And how cool that God included in the love letter that we get to have all those spiritual gifts. Yeah. 
yeah for sure if if you guys are like listening and anything that we said in this episode is kind of like what does that mean or like whoa that's really deep or I've never thought about that before or whatever I just want to encourage you that it's not because it's complicated it's because it has depth and I think it's such a beautiful depth Mm -hmm. and it's okay to not understand it all at once and it's actually quite fun (laughs) to understand it over time and to just keep learning more and more and more um so don't worry if like anything we said is like um what (laughs) because it's it's just depth it's not like confusion Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why like it's so important to like be in the word and like yeah you know constantly like reading the word and asking the holy spirit to speak to us through the word and i mean asking the holy spirit questions like one of the most convicting things is like i'll go to somebody and i'll be like what do you think about this and they'll be like have you asked the Holy Spirit? I'm like, no. <laughs> Maybe that should be my first response. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, just like, ask the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, he'll, like, he wants a relationship with you. Yeah. And if you pursue that relationship, he'll pursue it too. Yeah. I don't know if that was like, accurate, but that's how I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Seek first. Well, seek and he, you'll find. Yeah. <laughs> Knock and he'll answer. Yeah. yeah. Right before we wrap up, if there's anyone listening that, like, has not, maybe hasn't read their Bible or hasn't done it as often or they need a good place to start, where do you think is a good place for people to start if they're, you know, just starting out? Just starting out, reading scripture. Um, I would say start in the Gospel of John. I think so, too, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of our podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with all of your friends and family. We can't wait to see you next time.